This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. There is an alien among us. A superior being from a place called Krypton. Deep in the heart of the city, he watches for signs of danger. Ready to act on a moment's notice. His true name is Kal-El. You know him as Superman. Maybe you ladies haven't heard about me. The future of Metropolis is in the hands of the Man of Steel. Get up. He's gonna be busy. I said get up. Superman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 195 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account, and pretty much the biggest Superman fan that I know, it's Liam. Liam, we are in terms of calendar page, we are in second month of the year 2022 and we are uh that means we're we're starting to review a new subject matter for the month so uh as we mentioned last week figured it's been a little bit i think it's time to chat a little bit about the man of steel and uh so we're going to be talking about a superman the animated series episode today that's right and it's uh, it's one that has some kind of funny personal significance to us uh maybe not not maybe not in a positive way but yes we are in fact back talking about the man of steel superman the animated series and this week we are talking about the episode solar power that is right and as you mentioned uh this has the dubious distinction i believe for probably being the episode that for whatever reason seemed to be in such heavy rotation that uh, at least for those early early years of Superman the Animated Series, I feel like we saw this episode, I don't know, 500 times? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was one that was uh, very regularly on the, uh, on the Saturday mornings, the new Batman Superman Adventures block on Kids WB. Uh, this one, along with uh, there's certain uh, new Batman Adventures episodes that we'll get to uh, someday down the road, and we'll have similar things to say about them, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, this as far as uh, Superman episodes go, this is this is one that when I saw it, uh, when I watched it to, uh, this week for the show, I was like, "Yep, I've like there are just certain moments of this episode that were so etched in my brain, like so clearly and perfectly that I." I was like, yep, that, this is the only thing that kind of happens when you're a kid and you're watching the same thing you've seen 10 times, but it's, it's Superman, so you're going to watch it. And uh, especially us, because uh, TV watching wasn't necessarily a regular occurrence for our household uh, growing up too much. So uh, we took what we could get, and this episode was uh, far too often all we could get uh, when it came to uh, superhero action on a Saturday morning. There you go. Absolutely. And uh, uh, I guess that will lead us into our uh, official IMDb synopsis brought to you by The Pod Tower, which you can now follow at youtube.com slash The Pod Tower. That's right. YouTube.com slash The Pod Tower. Go on and check it, check it out. Subscribe to us. Like. And uh, not only will you get the most recent episodes, as well as our entire back catalog, you can get other content from other DCAU creators and our friends as well. Liam, the IMDb synopsis for this week's episode, which originally aired back on the Kids WB on September the 26th, 1997, meaning we're about to hit the 25-year anniversary of this episode in just a few short months. That's right, and this is the synopsis for Solar Power, which was written by Bob Goodman, directed by, uh, good heavens, I'm going to try my best with this name, uh, Kazuhide Tomonaga. Man, um, I, think, I think you nailed it. Like, I'm not an expert, and please tweet us at DCAU Review <laughs> yes. if, if we butchered, if Liam butchered that. I, he didn't hesitate. 
he went right to it. He hit it. I, 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 my, uh, my years of watching Japanese professional wrestling have prepared me to an extent to <laughs> figure out the way that like vowels and things are used in, uh, in Japanese names. But again, I could still be very off base. So please let me know if I am, but, uh, yeah. uh, music by Christopher Carter and animation by TMS. And that synopsis reads as such. Edward Leitner returns as Luminous to seek revenge against Superman with a way to depower him enough to get it. Mm, eh, poorly worded. Just Yeah, it's a run-on sentence. Uh, could use a comma. Yep. And uh, a, a bit vague as well. Feels like you, you read the, the, the synopsis and not the, or the, the cliff notes and didn't actually read the book here, but uh, <laughs> yes, we can, uh, we can jump into plot here, but yes, we are picking up where, uh, where we left off, I guess, to an extent, uh, Edward Leitner, who we previously met in the episode target, who had a uh, sort of hatched this devious uh, sort of, he was both a stalker and an attempted murderer of, uh, of one Lois Lane in a previous episode, Superman uh, stops him. And, uh, and as we see him here, he is uh, walking around uh, in prison and uh, he has some sort of device attached to his belt. And we find out very quickly that he can use this to manipulate light in all sorts of uh, weird and... Uh, Behind the line, Lightner. A beautiful day, isn't it? The sunshine is so energizing. That's close enough. Close enough to what? I'm not even here. Get a doctor. Is he breathing? I don't know. I didn't see one of those things where we create a device or a power set and then we just it's magic from here on out <laughs> he turn he can turn invisible he can make holograms of himself those holograms can shoot lasers he can also make the holograms uh solid and let them like physically attack someone mm -hmm. uh, a lot going on with mr lightner's uh, power set that we'll get into uh, certainly in this category and probably in uh, in visuals but uh yeah, we, we, he, he's off to the races. He escapes prison, and very quickly we, uh, we see him going right back after Lois, but maybe not for the reasons we would have expected coming into this episode. That's right. Uh, so we learn, of course, that news has spread very fast, especially at the Daily Planet of Leitner's escape, and Clark very concerned on the phone with Lois, and uh, we, we kind of catch up to them as Lois is already out on the case, attempting to follow some leads to find out just where Leitner could be getting off to. And uh, Clark, very, very concerned, wonders aloud why, uh, what happened to her just laying low and she said that she she got bored and and couldn't couldn't wait any longer. So she's on uh, one of those tram things that runs sort of parallel to a bridge that is uh, always used as a plot device to put people in danger. And mm -hmm. uh, this time is no different as well as yeah, Lightner appears sort of floating in the sky as we learn, and, and he lasers uh, the the couplink that's keeping it uh, attached to the, the, the wire or the line that it's on. So Lois is in immediate danger, but as you mentioned, he makes it very clear, uh, she's, she's not the target, pun intended, this time, and that he has bigger fish, fish to fry that she's simply the bait. So, of course, that returns to, uh, uh, that, that of course refers to the Man of Steel himself as Superman arrives shortly thereafter, and we notice that as the, the cable car drops towards the water, uh, Superman, of course, flies down to, to rescue Lois, but he seems to be having a little bit of trouble with it. It's, uh, it's too heavy for him, he says, so he, mm -hmm. he tries to get Lois to, uh, to, to, escape help, uh, to escape out of the car quicker. 
he is able to get Lois to uh, to escape out of the car just before it hits the water and probably bobs around down there with, as we've mentioned before, just thousands <laughs> of millions of dollars of machinery <laughs> from airplanes and 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 robots and helicopters. Now there's a cable car floating in the Metropolis River, uh, so we have all all kinds of of machinery down there. It, the the cable car joins the watery grave with those other other. Uh, <laughs> other pieces of transportation that we've witnessed go in there so uh as as superman is sort of uh recovering from that moment lois you know, of course is deeply concerned questioning him if he's okay and he's very concerned lightner shows up and uh kind of informs superman that this is just going to be the start of uh what's to come and that he can expect to see him again very soon. <laughs> I can't hang on for long. The tram's too heavy. Just wait, Superman. This is only the beginning. Lightner. It's luminous now. Tell me, Superman. Feeling a little under the weather? Quick, give me your hand. Yes, tend to Lois. This was just a test. You'll realize what I've done to you in time. See you soon. Even if you don't see me. Are you all right? I don't know. That's right. So uh, as, uh, as Luminous seemingly escapes and uh, Superman is sort of continuing to try to figure out what exactly is going on with his power set, it had been sort of overcast and stormy in Metropolis. And as the, the clouds sort of finally give way, we notice a, a very unfamiliar sight for the, uh, the usual beautiful blue skies of Metropolis as everything is uh is red taylor's version and uh it's <laughs> we he has in fact used as as we find out through some uh, some pseudoscience explanations utilizing some lexcorp satellites he has created a force field which reflects all of the sun's rays he hasn't actually turned the sun red but he's uh used the these holograms or this force field to uh, basically reflect the uv rays and turn them into red sunlight, which is now uh, robbing Superman of his of his strength and power. And uh, as super as Clark and and Lois and and Jimmy are sort of continuing to investigate, of course, Lois goes right to the source and asks Lex, you know, how could how could Luminous possibly be getting control of your satellites without you knowing? And then Lex is very quick to sort of brush her off and and uh, sort of scoff at the idea that uh, that he would put the entire planet at risk just to settle a personal score with Superman. Although he does seem, uh, we don't really ever get, I guess, straight confirmation whether he kind of left the back door open I, at the very least. I think, I think that the whole visual part of that, that he's, as he's speaking to Lois on his his Bluetooth headset from 1997, which hey, they got that, <laughs> they got that advancement in technology correct. Uh, he's in his office uh, practicing some archery, and he says that line with Lois, "Do you think that I would put losing millions of dollars uh, aside just to schedule, uh, settle a personal score with Superman?" This force field is filtering our sunlight so that only the red wavelengths get through. Come on, Lex. Those are your satellites up there, and Lightner's worked for you before. How do you expect me to believe you have nothing to do with it? What you believe makes little difference to me. The fact is, I did provide Lightner resources while behind bars, but only for legitimate LexCorp research. I had no idea he'd escape, and I certainly didn't tell him to hijack my satellites for his own revenge. Heck, why not? You'd love to see Superman dead. Oh, please, Lois, forget that I'm losing millions in communications revenues. Do you really think I'd jeopardize the welfare of the planet just to settle my personal grudge with Superman? It's at that point he launches an arrow and it lands dead center in the middle of the target, which kind of me and he gives this sort of like subtle grin, which makes mm -hmm. me think that 
yeah, that's he they're on target. That's a bullseye with what exactly he what what happened. Uh, but you are correct. They don't come out and verbally say uh, for sure that he was behind it. But one would one would have to assume that in order to get some sort of piece of technology into Rikers Island or wherever Luminous was being held, that uh, he had to have had some help somehow. And uh, his old employer uh, is probably, uh, it, again, who has who has more than enough motive to do so, probably suspect number one as to who is responsible. Yeah, that's right. So as I said, uh, Clark and Lois and Jimmy are sort of continuing to try to investigate. But as they begin to maybe find uh, some loose ends to, uh, to look into, Clark, of course, sees a, a signal in the sky. Imagine that. Imagine a signal in the sky to call a superhero <laughs> to the scene of a crime. But uh, I was actually kind of surprised we didn't get a direct, like, it was so overt that I thought for sure we'd get some sort of Batman reference here, but we didn't. Um, but yes, this is where we find out, I guess, part B of uh, Luminous's new power set, which is that he can create these holograms, which doesn't really seem very, uh, very dangerous. But then, of course, he, he notes that the holograms are made of light, and that means they can channel and fire lasers, even though they're not physically there. So... Superman kind of has a, a brief battle with them. He's eventually able to uh, to take down the the one luminous that's still there, who uh, who sort of uh, retreats at that point and lets him know that the next time they meet, it'll be it'll be the end of Superman. It's kind of very ominous, and and that kind of sets up. Uh, I guess the the second part here is Superman's kind of really out of sorts here, and we're not quite sure what's going on. But I guess uh, Lois and Jimmy, of course, having that knack for getting into trouble, kind of help set up our final act here <laughs> that's right yeah of course they follow up on a lead as to uh as to where where the the signals could be coming from from these satellites and uh where lex's technology could have been originated from to potentially been hacked or used for nefarious purposes so they of course go to an address where they're supposed to be a lex uh, corpse site they arrive and there's no building to be found but wouldn't you know lois looks up in the sky and wouldn't you know it there's a bird and this is the address lux corpse satellite com currently out of use and out of sight there's supposed to be a building here look up in the sky It's a bird. Yeah, but what's it sitting on? Come on. It's a bird. And uh, <laughs> there just happens to be a bird that's sort of floating in the sky, clearly perched on something. So this leads them to believe that there's more than meets the eye to what's happening right here. And they sort of literally walk into a, an invisible building at this point. Uh, they stumble into the building and uh and uh find their way in it's rather dark uh and as jimmy searches for a light switch of course luminous reveals himself to be waiting inside for them uh, much to much to uh their surprise and uh to their dismay we uh, then cut to uh professor hamilton and uh and superman who are attempting to outfit his uh, his his kryptonian childhood rocket in an attempt to to launch superman into space and to get that prepared so that he can hopefully take down and shoot down some of the rotating satellites that are causing this, this force field or this, this sort of filter that's giving the sun the red hue. And uh, as he's about to do that, and as they're discussing that, Luminous appears and lets Superman know that unfortunately that uh, perhaps that might not be his number one priority at this point as he reveals that he has Lois and Jimmy captured and uh, is threatening their lives, of course, unless Superman follows him. So despite Professor Hamilton's urgent pleas that he's almost completely depowered, Superman ignores it and, of course, follows the bouncing ball to, to where Luminous leads him. And Superman enters the same invisible building. Of course, this time, uh, Luminous no longer needs it to be uh, uh, invisible any, any longer and no longer needs it to be camouflaged. And uh, Superman, of course, sees that there is a giant LexCorp building with multiple satellites on the roof that are uh, apparently causing this this entire uh, entire ordeal. So Superman, of course, enters, and when he enters, he's actually taken 
back in time, it seems, as he enters an old Western saloon, which, of course, we realize very quickly is simply uh, a, a mirage, a use of a smoke and mirrors, if you will. And, and uh, so Superman, of course, uh, realizes at this point that uh, the person behind it, uh, this, this saloon is standing behind the bar and it's Luminous, of course, now known, or Lightner now known as Luminous. And he's, uh, he's ready to take his revenge on a very weakened Superman, including uh, beginning to, to create, as you mentioned, these holograms that, again, for the plot of the story, uh, can, can create somewhat solid holograms. I don't know. I feel like a hologram by definition is not solid, but uh, <laughs> the, whatever. This, he, he figured out how to do it. So he begins sort of a beat down on Superman and as Superman begins to fight back, despite his weekend state, he begins to fight back just a little bit. Uh, Lightner very quickly switches the scene on him and Superman uh, wanders into a, uh, a different area. And this time he's, uh, he's in a, a swashbuckling pirate scheme, I believe is, the, is our second, second <laughs> spot that he finds himself in. And we get Lightner again, having fun playing dress up is now he's a pirate and he appears to have the dark saber from, from star Wars, the Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, he has some sort of, he, I, I joke of course, but he does have some sort of sword that is made out of light energy that he is swinging around at Superman and he makes Superman walk the plank to the point where Superman backs up and realizes he's sort of up against some some sort of material which I don't know how this room works they don't really ever explain it mm -hmm. I guess it's all projected uh, screens or something like that um, so he he realizes it and uh, he he allows uh, he allows Lightner to lunge at him with his sword the sword sort of goes into the the pr screen projector and Cut, he uses it to cut a giant hole after after foiling them. This, of course, leads him to sort of the the middle of the of the of I guess the research lab at this point, and he sees a giant, rather large, uh, science fictiony looking machine that I guess is responsible for uh, launching the the saddle or controlling the satellites in space. So uh, it's at this point that he also happens to stumble upon Lois and Jimmy and. Uh, they do their very best not only to alert him of their presence, but alert him of the presence of somebody sneaking up behind him. Uh, but unfortunately, it's too late as Leitner is right there. And so begins what appears to be the demise of our friend as he's ready at this point to polish off the Man of Steel once and for all. Yeah, and it's it's funny. And I, I wouldn't say this is even like a negative to the plot because I think you can say that uh you know lightner luminous gets is kind of so deranged by this point that even though he has superman dead to rights he has all this amazing technology at his disposal and the end game he just picks up a gun like he's not it's the real him and he's got a gun and, <laughs> and he's just gonna shoot superman to death um with his laser pistol <laughs> as well that you found your way through. I'll enjoy finishing this myself. How does it feel to be mortal, Superman? To know pain? Well, don't worry. You won't have to endure it for long. thing then superman you know ruined his previous plans and so it's he wants to physically be there to do it but yes that is sort of his ultimate uh, demise is superman's able to kind of uh, uh through some through some ingenuity is able to grab a uh, a piece of metal and reflect the laser back into the machine that is uh, causing the satellites to create this red sunlight force field and once it's destroyed we see the the true yellow sun start to shine through Superman as he begins to come through, uh, come to uh, Luminous tries to sort of physically beat him to death, I guess. And uh, he gets in a few good shots before uh, we see Superman's strength sort of start to return. And then we get a real satisfying, just just straight up, just a good, a good old 
punch to the face Superman <laughs> just knocks him across the room and then he bonks into the computer and then like a big metal plate from the computer falls and <laughs> and concusses him uh <laughs> luminous is dead i think um actually no we know he's not because he shows up in justice league but uh but he takes a, he takes quite a, a walloping here at the end there but yes we get uh kind of a nice moment at the end there to wrap up as, as Superman uh, takes Luminous outside. There's reporters and police waiting there and Luminous is uh, very upset that all of these lights are flashing in his eyes. So Superman assures him that he'll be going to a, a nice dark prison cell soon enough as he turns him over to, uh, to Maggie Sawyer and Dan Turpin. Superman, how do you feel? Disable the satellite. Come here, big guy. Hey, give me some. What happened? What happened? Hey, listen, Superman. Get those lights out of my eyes. You heard him. Put him somewhere nice and dark. moment as superman flies up into the sky and towards that big bright yellow sun and all is right in the world as we wrap things up this week that's right so i i guess we could begin to get into our plot scores liam i will say as you mentioned this was an episode that i was quite familiar with the story beats and recalling uh, a lot of the a lot of the details. I actually hadn't seen this episode. I don't know. I think I probably avoided it like the plague when it came out on DVD uh, <laughs> originally. And there wasn't really any reason to revisit this episode for a very long time. So there were a few, few beats that I had, I had missed with that said, watching it from an adult, you know, we're doing this from a, a perspective of, of looking at it with a critical lens and trying to, trying to, look at it as a as a as a whole here and various different aspects of it i will say it 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 fits it's a nice little revenge tale from a villain that that is returning from a previous story so um there were aspects of it that felt like the beats were similar to if 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 you switch the characters from like batman and the riddler i think that it could Mm -hmm. easily work just that same way it's 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 just the story of a villain who's been foiled by your main hero they're out to seek revenge and they have to figure out how to get one up how to one up them they've made them look weak literally in this in this case and the the hero has to use his you know his ingenuity and his resources to figure out how he's going to overcome you know being caught off guard by this by this foe um i think I think it works. Um, I know that the the turning the sun red thing is like a a very <laughs> a very old Superman uh, go to. You know that's a that's something that's been done done a lot. It's it's probably one in one a with like various different colors of kryptonite. So it's it's a plot device that Superman writers go to anytime they really need to make Superman human, which. In a way, you kind of have to do because Luminous supposedly is just a normal human being here. He's not an alien. He's nothing special about him. But I like that it wasn't like he actually turned the sun red. There was some actual reasoning behind it of Mm -hmm. and with Luther kind of being potentially involved with it or behind it. I like I liked that little aspect of it, too. Um, I will say that, you know, the the fact that they just decided to, to make the luminous suit, whatever they needed it to do, that's a little bit annoying. That's a little that feels a little bit lazy to me at times. It's just like, oh, well, we're going to make it do whatever it has to do in order for it to to be a, a plot point for the, for the episode. Um, and and I get it. It's a, it's also still a children's cartoon. So there has to be you know, there is some fun. You can have fun with it. Sure. But at the same time, it does feel a little bit like, all right, come on. Like, <laughs> all right, now he can fly. 
he's flying now is that really him flying is it a is it a hologram flying all right well it gets a hologram okay uh oh wait now he can make solid holograms it's not mm-hmm. just that they're laser that he uses lasers they're also solid like okay all right and it hurts and he's like powerful he has strength with it i don't know uh so well all of that said i i don't think it's it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be i will say that and i think that may that may have helped it uh you know i i think that the fact that superman at the end ultimately kind of gets the gets the the final say and that sweet sort of bit where he the sun begin the yellow sun returns and begins to shine on him and uh he catches luminous's fist and as you mentioned a very satisfying sort of punch uh that hurls luminous across the room uh that that was a feel good and then as you mentioned that sort of that final scene as he's flying towards the sun at the end like yeah that's a great little bow on the episode i like that uh so for all those reasons i ended up giving uh plot a seven out of ten what about you yeah i was uh i was a little bit lower i went six out of ten uh not much but uh yeah i think i think most of it works uh as far as the the bullet points of it you know bringing back this guy he had this sort of weird laser light vest in the first episode so bringing him back as a more traditional super villain and kind of ramping up what he can do i i think all of that's fine I do agree that because at first it seems like it's just all like it absorb it can kind of absorb and manipulate light, um, which seems that's fine. Like I can accept that. But then, yeah, once it's making holograms that can also shoot lasers that can also turn solid and punch people and, and, and all of that, it's, it gets a little bit like, and then he also has like the, the hollow deck from Star Trek or something, or the danger room from X-Men or something, uh, you know, in his, that he's built in this, in this LexCorp warehouse or whatever. It's a little bit, all right. It feels like maybe we just had some fun ideas of like, Hey, what if we had a villain that could do something with holograms and we could get Superman on a pirate ship or in the old West or something. Um, And yeah, some of the, and we'll get, we'll certainly talk about that in visuals. There's definitely a lot of fun stuff in, in that regard, but yeah, the episode itself, I think it's, I think it's just, yeah, it's, it's all right. Like I said, I think it's, it's a cool use. I do think maybe you could have done a little bit more with Lois in this episode because the first episode was so focused around her mm-hmm. and him being, and you know, the reveal that comes in the end of that episode that he is, you know, incredibly obsessed with this woman and has sort of stalked her and, and, you know, attempted to murder her uh, multiple times. And the fact that he kind of just blows it off as, you know, he just kind of uses her for bait. And then he even captures her a second time later on along with Jimmy. And it's not even really, a second thought for him he he just kind of uses them as, as bait to draw in superman and yeah it's i think it's i think maybe you could have had a bigger role for lois in this episode or something that would have maybe made it a little bit more interesting but yeah like i said i, I think the the strength of this episode come in uh, in some of the other categories we'll talk about but certainly nothing nothing wrong with it really nothing nothing terrible when it comes to uh, the plot yeah yeah absolutely Well, let's move on to our next category, Liam, which will be our visuals and animation. Uh, TMS, as you mentioned, was responsible for this week's animation. And uh, and our director, Kazuhide Tomonaga, uh, was responsible for another one of my favorite visual, uh, visually strong episodes. Uh, He actually, of course, did the last episode with Leitner in it. He was also responsible for uh, directing the episode A Little Piece of Home, but also Fun and Games, uh, which, of course, was uh, a very visually exciting and fun Mm -hmm. episode featuring the toy man if i recall uh superman versus a giant duck so uh you know that has the visual distinction for that but this one uh you can tell i think that things are a little bit more exaggerated with some of the the way the movements and some of the facial reactions and some of the ways that the characters themselves look but i think between uh, his his direction and uh i think the writing from from bob goodman for this episode um, we got, as you mentioned, I think for me, at least, I think visuals are the strongest point of this episode, which is interesting because we have a lot of, a lot of downtime. It feels like at times where Superman is, you know, he, we have sort of the reverse Rocky montage where instead of Superman getting stronger, it's Superman getting weaker <laughs> as, as he can't pick up the rock and he can't, you know, he's getting weaker. He can't use his heat vision anymore. And uh, we do get some like 
Clark and and uh, Clark and Jimmy and Lois standing around in the in the the Daily Planet. But I think because they decided to go so goofy and sort of outlandish with what the the powers that that Lightner could could use and because it was sort of nondescript and they just had as much fun with it as they could that that was that was really uh, a, a strength for the visuals because the, it allowed them to just kind of do whatever the heck they wanted and have fun with it whether it made sense mm-hmm. or not yeah yeah i think uh the things that stood out for me are yeah other than luminous's as we've already talked about his various sort of wacky powers the luminous suit itself um it's a little trony for sure um, 100% and I also think, based, especially once he starts multiplying, uh, there's a couple of uh, X-Men uh, multiple man costumes that this is pretty reminiscent of as well. So I think there's some influence there too. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think a lot of the fun visuals. And I, I really liked um, the, the kind of the color palette changes from when Superman sort of first flies into the scene when Lois is in, in trouble in the cable car. And it's it's dark and stormy, and so you have the you know the 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 vibrant red and blues against sort of this grayish background, as he's sort of flying in, and then that's sort of juxtaposed a few minutes later after this you know this quick action beat of him trying to lift the cable car and really struggling with it, and then sort of just saving Lois at the last second, and he's sort of worn out as you already mentioned. He's sort of trying to lift the rock, and then he tries to melt the rock, and then he tries to punch the rock, and it's not working. He's so frustrated trying to figure out what's going on and as that's happening you see the clouds start to part and all of a sudden you see these bright red skies and the and the sun of it and the the color palette of the episode really for the rest of the episode and that like we said it's it's a pretty common occurrence in say the new batman adventures to see red skies but not at all normal in in uh, in superman the animated series so it was kind of fun i thought that gave it a really unique uh feel for the rest of the episode as you kind of have that constant of the the red hue kind of all over everything throughout the rest of the episode, at least everything that's outdoors. Yeah, absolutely. There was, that was a unique, unique way of doing that. And as you mentioned, the, the, the hue that went over everything I thought was uh, yeah, it's, it, it was unique enough to make this episode stand out. It's the only episode that we really have to worry about the, the red sun tactic being used, but uh, it worked, it worked for this episode and, and did give it that unique standout there. Uh, I think it also makes it also makes the point at the end once the the machine is destroyed and the the sun returns to its normal you know blue skies and yellow shade that it really makes that contrast as the sun sort of begins to shine on Superman seem even more. It just adds a little emphasis I feel like to that moment because it you know mm-hmm. it, the sun begins to really shine. You you can feel Superman energizing uh, in those moments. So I I did really enjoy that. Uh, one of the first things going. Going back to the very first scene was uh, that I thought was interesting is I guess Luminous this uh, this you could compare this technology that he uses at least in the opening scene to sort of seemingly turn invisible and then he turns his helicopter invisible is like is this the same technology that the, that Shield uses in in the Marvel hmm. movies to to uh, to turn their helo <laughs> helipads or whatever they're called helicarriers invisible mm-hmm. also I think uh it, it that, that's that's what it gave me the reminder of is just like a flying invisible machine here uh amazing that that uh lightner knew how to fly a helicopter also good <laughs> luck, luckily for that guy um i do think also i, I think the the first giving you the first sign that something is amiss with the with clark's powers where in that scene in the daily planet where we first see him he's sitting at his desk and he drops a pen and he mm-hmm. lifts the desk he looks around to make sure nobody's looking and then he lifts the desk up to pick up the pen it's like <laughs> this is really awesome if i was superman and i had these powers i would also use my powers to like be lazy at times and not bend <laughs> all the way to the floor to like pick up the the pen like super hilarious i, I thought that was really really great uh and a, and a pretty pretty humorous little little uh, scene there that they ended up doing but um i also thought it was interesting that at least initially when he was kind of doing the phasing in and out uh sort of setting him apart just to sh- uh just to emphasize his powers were of course uh, rooted in the the whole manipulation of light that when luminous disappears both at the prison and then later on in his after his first interaction with superman he turns invisible and then there are these little sparkles that come up 
uh, come on afterwards. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a nice little touch that again, wasn't necessarily need, you know, needed uh, to, to get the point across that he was, you know, he was no longer there or no longer visible, but it, it, it kind of just gives you the idea that it's, there's still flashes of light hit hitting off of wherever it is that he's, you know, that he's bending or manipulating the way that the light works. So I thought that was just a nice little touch to kind of, kind of add to the, to the visualization of what the the power of that suit can do. Yeah. I like, I like that. I like the um, sort of the, 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 it's a, like a black and orange suit and any kind he's kind of phasing in and out uh, using those invisibility powers or when he's making the, uh, the copies of himself, the, the orange parts kind of turn this bright white color. And even when he sort of fades away, you sort of see the outline of the, of the orange parts still in, in that, in that like bright white color, they kind of fade away last after the rest of his body already has. So yeah, they, they definitely did a, a fun job sort of visualizing how, how his suit works. There's a part where Superman does finally kind of grab a hold of him and he's able to kind of like release a bunch of light from his belt, which I thought looked very cool as well. So definitely a fun character and, uh, and, and, and one that you can, you can understand why they, they thought it was worth bringing back and, and kind of upping his game to be a little bit more uh, super powerful. And I was curious, and I I didn't see anything about this. I kind of looked around. Um, we already mentioned that it looked like maybe there there was some multiple man uh, influence on him. Like obviously, the other thing to compare him to is like Doctor Light. And I and like I couldn't think of a reason that like they couldn't have just used Doctor Light if they wanted to. Hmm. Um, other than that, they already had this character who maybe had similar a similar deal but mm -hmm. uh but choosing not to call on dr light because it's not as if they you know they wouldn't you know make a new character that you know <laughs> with that same name or something like dr light is such a sacred character that you that you couldn't right. call him something else or something but uh so i was just curious if there was i i would be curious to hear if there was any any sort of thought of calling him dr light or if that's just kind of a coincidence and he just kind of had a similar powers i guess you could also say he has a little bit of similarity with the way the 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 light powers work and the holograms and things like that of you know as you as you mentioned it could have been something like that that what is reality riddler episode or mm -hmm. or a mysterio or a you know somebody like a mirror master any of those kind of villains that use you know different types of illusions to confuse our heroes but yeah i'd be curious to see if there was like a specific reason why this why this this was an original character and not just the you know the dr light from the comics yeah that, that is a good question and, and i wonder if it was just earlier on in that that obviously in target he's he's not quite the super villain that he is here obviously mm -hmm. as you mentioned he has the he has the light vest and he's more of he's more of just kind of a, a creepy stalker that's setting up all of these traps to kill Lois. So the fact that they went in this direction with him, I just wonder if, if maybe Mr. Goodman looked at it and said, Hey, what if we, what if we took some of the, you know, his name's Lightner, you know, he has, he had this, this set of powers in, in the last episode with his vest. What if we took it a step further? And what if we just applied some of these, uh, characteristics to him and called him something different it's not as if it's also not as if we've never seen that happen either where you just borrow certain characteristics from other different characters and just name them different things um and as sort of an homage but yeah that is a that's a very very interesting question as to why they didn't may not have gone in that direction or why why they used the same powers but didn't didn't perhaps uh you know use one of the other one of the other more classic DCAU or DC uh, comics rogues name for him. So yeah, good, good point there. Good point pointing that out. A um, couple other things, I think, as far as what I liked, I did like the, the, we already mentioned the Lex Luthor scene with him shooting the arrow. I enjoyed that. I especially like the little <laughs> smug smirk at the end that he gives after he hits the bullseye. Um, I also think that the, uh, of course you mentioned the Superman signal being in the sky that of course, <laughs> a very overt reference to, to Batman I enjoyed that as well. I, disappointed. Yeah. There wasn't a, an actual reference to the dark Knight, or, you know, even just a throwaway line, uh, that would allude to Batman in some way from either, uh, from either Superman or, or luminous perhaps. Uh, we also in this episode, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it when we were doing, discussing the plot, but Superman actually bleeds in this episode mm -hmm. and uh, a little callback to uh, what is it? Superman two is it the Christopher Reeve movie where he bleeds, I think too, in that movie, or is it, mm -hmm. is it 
So a little homage to, to Superman being depowered here gives us an opportunity to see something we rarely saw in the DCAU, uh, let alone our, our most powerful superhero doing it. Uh, we, we get a little bloodshot in there. And I thought that was, uh, it, it was very quick, but it's also very effective in communicating that, hey, Superman isn't, he isn't normal here. He ain't feeling too well. And this is, this is a little scary. Mm-hmm. Like it's enough to, enough to freak you out a little bit here that, that he's feeling pain and bleeding uh, at the same time. But uh, I, I felt like even though it was just a very small bit, that that was actually a pretty effective uh, visual there to, to kind of communicate exactly what the story was telling, which is uh, this is, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought that that's a that's a good point. We don't, as you mentioned, we don't get to see that sort of thing very much on these uh, on these shows, and uh, and it's a good way to kind of communicate uh, that this is a, this is kind of a, a pretty unique threat, and uh, and uh, I, I think even the way like later as the episode goes on and he's losing more and more of his power, just like little things like the way he lands when he's flying and things like that, he kind of has to take a step or two when he lands. You can just tell that he's he's not right it's those little extra attention to details just to let you know that, that he's he's really kind of having a lot of trouble with this i thought they uh they you know they definitely really went the extra mile with that sort of thing yeah and wrapping things up i think this of course we talked about it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to how or why but you know the scenes of superman fighting luminous in the in the old west uh, saloon and then on the pirate ship those are fun scenes they don't make a whole lot of sense as to how or why they're happening but hey they happen and they're uh, they're fun visuals at least i even enjoyed that as superman is on the on the pirate ship the skies of of like this pirate ship in the open seas are also blood red still uh sort of mm-hmm. as a as a way to taunt him or to remind him that he's you know he's in this perilous position here and then uh i think the best shot one of the best shots maybe for the entire series here uh is that final shot where they did a pretty much a 180 pan from the front of superman and then he passes the camera and uh and heads towards the sun as as the episode comes to a close it's just it's a cl- I, I i remembered that shot specifically from this episode and i was mm-hmm. anticipating it because you get like he's re-energizing he's flying back towards the sun and it's just he disappears i love that he disappears and the sun is the last thing that you see before it fades to black just a really great visual for it and uh mm-hmm. and i thought it was really really a strong way to end the episode Agreed. Yeah. So uh, I think for all those reasons that I've that I've talked about, I I ended up giving visuals a very strong uh, nine out of ten. Yeah, I gave it the same exact score, a nine out of ten. It's a it's a really good one, and uh, I think that it breaks up the action well enough, and all those other things that we talked about. A very enjoyable uh, visual for this week. All right, Liam, let's move to our next category, which is going to be music. The legend Christopher Carter, responsible for this week's music. What did you have uh, as far as your musical notes? Yeah, I really enjoyed the music in this episode. I didn't I didn't necessarily find like a specific luminous theme, but I thought there's like there's a really ominous tone, I think, especially in that uh, that first sequence when when they sort of have all that dark stormy weather and then Superman sort of flies into scene, you hear just a touch of the Superman theme. But then as that goes on, you have kind of the peril of the situation and he just pulls Lois out of the way. But when, um, when the clouds start to part, we talked about in visuals and I think in plot as well, but that, that sequence is so striking to me. And that, you know, you get, not only you get this, uh, you know, you get the strings, you get a little bit of what, might be a flute or something, some sort of sort of light horn, and then you also have like this this little bit of what sounds like a xylophone to me or, or light symbols sort of brought in. It's just this really ominous feeling as Superman is sort of looking up at the, the clouds parting and seeing this red sun. It really gives you that feeling of like, oh man, he's in trouble now. Uh, like you, I, I thought the, the music in that sequence was outstanding. Um, and then some of the, the, the fun bits, as we said, with the holograms near the end, uh, the, you get kind of some some classic old west style music as he goes into the uh into the the tavern at first and then that kind of transfers into more sort of traditional adventure music as he's being attacked on the pirate ship and and then we get that towards the end and then i think the biggest and then you know a classic moment i think as you mentioned is that final shot of 
you know, we kind of see Lois and Jimmy looking over at Superman and we see Superman smile and then fly up and around towards the sun. And as we get that, we kind of get the full Superman theme played out there in a very sort of dramatic and triumphant way as, as we know that, uh, you know, we've got our happy ending. So yeah, I was, uh, I was very impressed with the music this week. Yeah, it is. It is really good. I think, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was a luminous theme. I'd have to go back and, and listen to, to uh, target to see if it's similar. It was a similar com- uh, composition, I think maybe to, it had some metallo notes in there. Not, it's not, it's not the metallo theme, but mm-hmm. similar, similarly constructed, I feel like with, you know, the, uh, the sort of the tension building, like, mm-hmm. uh, design really sharp strings. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, and I, I'd be interested. I'll have to go back at some point and check out target to see if it, you know, if, if it's the same team that sort of plays in that final scene when he's revealed as the, uh, as the villain behind it. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That I think, all of this is Superman is sort of beginning to get more and more frustrated with the fact that he's losing his powers that as Luminous keeps getting the upper hand in all of these interactions they have that that music kind of continues to swell. Um, and then uh, other than the ones that you mentioned, which I think were, were all great spots there, the only thing other that, that I'd mention is uh, once Luminous realizes that the sun is reverting back and there's the, the, the music again kicks in and uh, he realizes that he's in sort of panic mode to go over and take care of superman with his fists while he still can and uh at some point superman's strength comes back to him and he catches his fist and it begins to meld into the the shirley walker superman theme and we get mm-hmm. we get sort of this triumphant crescendo to where he's he's crushing luminous's hand and then he delivers that sort of gut punch that sends him hurling across the room so uh with the with the shirley walker theme in the background but yeah i think there's a there's a lot of strong music for this week's episode and uh, some good some good moments there to that really stood out so i ended up giving music an eight out of ten what about you and how about that i gave it the exact same score of, uh, of an eight out of ten there yeah i just thought a yeah, really tremendous job and again not necessarily a ton of music that you you can maybe hum to yourself like you would uh, some of the other villain themes but just really a great job of really punctuating whatever was going on in, in the individual individual whether it was just that sort of general sense of dread like uh, like we talked about when the when we first were sort of seeing the red sun revealed it's uh it's uh, just a great job all around by Mr. Carter. Absolutely. Well, let's bring it home with our final category of the day, which of course is going to be voice acting. Not a huge, uh, not a huge cast this week because we didn't have a huge cast of characters and a lot of the regulars, but Hey, uh, the fun, fun time to revisit. Uh, one of our voices here, of course, was a, a mainstay in the, uh, in a, in another comic universe's animated, uh, animated properties. So, uh, with that, let's talk about this week's voice cast. That's right. So we have, uh, as we mentioned, sort of in minor roles, we do have Clancy Brown as Lex, really just that one scene. Yep. Um, and then we have, uh, of course, uh, David Kaufman as Jimmy, very briefly. Uh, we have Victor Brandt as Professor Hamilton. Uh, but yeah, really, our, our two big players of the episode are, of course, uh, Robert Hayes, um, who folks might know as, uh, as, from, as far as live action roles go. Uh, as appearing in uh, Airplane and then various uh, Leslie Nielsen uh, Airplane sequels. But uh, uh, his performance as Luminous is, uh, I'll just say, interesting. What did, what did you think? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think that he had, it's seemingly a lot more fun. From my recollection uh, from the episode Target, which of course uh, you can hear in the archives at dcareview.com and on your favorite podcast app, we reviewed it actually last January. So a little over a year ago, we reviewed that episode. But uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, because he wasn't, he was trying to be covert about his villainy. It wasn't quite as uh, mustache twirly evil. And Mm -hmm. this, he gets to be very, very evil throughout the entire uh through the uh, the entirety of the episode i do like the fact that he taunts superman quite openly um it's hard not to hear tony stark iron man yes. <laughs> when you're when you're uh when you're listening to his performance though which 
uh, if you, as I alluded to, if you're familiar with uh, any of the the original Marvel Power Hour cartoons, uh, he was he was the voice of Iron Man and Iron Man and Fantastic Four and Spider Man and all the other uh, probably additional tie-in cartoons that they may have had series for uh, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, yeah, so he it's hard not for me to hear him as Iron Man as a it's a very distinct voice. Uh, but I, I do think that that, that his uh, him being able to sort of turn up the, the campiness a little bit of the, the villainy and, and taunting Superman it just makes the comeuppance that he eventually gets a little bit more satisfying. So I didn't hate it. Um, I think that based on based on where he where his character was in the plot of the show and the fact that he seemingly got extremely confident very quickly based on knowing that his uh his adversary was was kind of down and out uh, that i think it, it it worked for for what it needed to be what about you yeah i think i so i like him in the he's i think it maybe it's a little uneven for me i think i like him in the the first couple scenes when he's sort of taunting Lois and Superman in that first scene, I think he's good and kind of creepy or even, even the very first scene of the episode when he's uh, sort of messing with the, uh, the, uh, the, the guards at the prison and everything. And he has that sort of uh, there's sort of a weird echoey effect on some of his lines, especially mm-hmm. when he's uh, appearing and disappearing. So I think that's kind of a cool effect to put on there. Um, I, the, the part that really struck me as kind of odd was the, when he's, when he's dressed up as these two different cowboy or the bartender and then the cowboy and then the, the pirate. And when he's saying like the pirate, uh, jargon, he's just kind of saying it in his regular voice. <laughs> and it's kind of, and I was like, well, that's kind of flat. Cause he's just like, uh, you know, a vast matey. Like it's not. It's not bad, but it doesn't sound like he's really, he's not really getting, it doesn't feel like Luminous is getting into the character here. I, and uh, You wanted so, him to commit a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to dress up <laughs> as a pirate, like what, what, what are we too cool to do the voice? You're, come on, man. You're the one who dressed yourself up as a pirate. You have, hol- you have magic holograms. You can make yourself look like anything. You chose pirate. Now commit to the voice. Gee, damn it. Um <laughs> But yes, that so that kind of struck me. But then I thought again, yeah, I thought he was really good at the end when he's when he's sort of firing the gun at Superman and he's sort of getting really kind of more and more unhinged and he's asking him, how does it feel to feel mortal? And he's kind of really trying to, he's you know, really kind of having his big supervillain moment there. And as the the yellow sun reappears, he you know sort of gets really manic and. still do it i can still finish you off as he kind of jumps at him and and starts laying into him with these punches before ultimately getting uh you know getting his comeuppance there at the end and that last little line there is he's got the you know the cameras flashing and he's you know crying about the lights in his eyes and everything i think is is some some good bits so i guess i would say it was a little uneven for me um and then obviously our 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 other main actor to talk about is of course tim daly as superman I, I like him in this episode because again, he gets a lot more to do because he's sort of he's sort of constantly, as you mentioned, from the first scene where we see him lifting the desk and he has a little bit of trouble with it as he as he goes to sit it down. He's kind of rubbing his arm and, and Jimmy's asking him what's wrong and all the way through to, you know, when when he just barely saves Lois and she's very concerned about him and she's asking him, you know, are you okay? And he kind of very un, you know, unassuredly tells her that he doesn't know and then he flies off. Tim Daly feels like he gets a little bit more to do than in some of the past uh, Superman episodes that we've talked about. 
Yeah, he gets to, he gets to show a little bit of range of emotion. You know, he's obviously the Superman character is experiencing things that he's likely never experienced before, and he's dealing with trying to figure out a what's happening and then how does he respond once things are happening how does superman be superman without his powers um you know at what at what point does does he you know become a, a liability to his friends and the people that are in trouble and so there's some some i feel like there's a subtle um a subtle worry in in the way that he delivers his stuff because he has to deliver like superman's confident as superman but he's also doesn't know what's coming next he doesn't know how he's going to solve mm -hmm. this problem but he also has the you know he's he's got the bravery behind him and the fact that he's headed you know regardless he's still going to march into battle he's still you know uh, steadfast in his commitment to save Lois and Jimmy. So uh, there's, there's certainly the range of emotion. You get the beginning where he's sort of bewildered and not sure what's happening and why things are happening. And he's confused. And then as the, the plot goes on, you know, the, the doubt and the, the worry and not quite and the frustration, he gets frustrated, of course, when he's like bleeding and experiencing pain. Mm -hmm. So he really gets to, to show a very strong range of emotions. Then, of course, the little the little bit of humor at the end when he he finally comes out on top and delivers that last line of sending Luminous to someplace very dark. I thought that that was that was just the cap on it. This is a very strong episode for him. I thought I thought uh, it's well worth uh, noting that he got a lot more to do than he he may may have had to do in, in a lot of the other episodes that we've covered and i think that he did uh he he didn't let us down with the the performance or at least in my opinion no i totally agree i think like you said it's a lot for him and uh and uh, and mr hayes as as luminous to carry in this episode we do of course also have a little bit of dana delaney and david kaufman as as lois and jimmy as mentioned but it is really pretty much, uh, you know, Superman and and, and Luminous story. So, yeah, I think overall, like I said, I, I don't I don't love everything about Mr. Hayes as Luminous in this episode, but I think I think he's good enough in some of those scenes. Plus, uh, you know, a pretty strong Tim Daly performance. So uh, I ended up settling on another eight out of ten for my voice acting score. Nice. I actually went a tick higher. I went nine out of 10. I thought that uh, the combination between that and I thought that his chemistry with Luminous actually is pretty strong for the interactions that they have. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I thought even Dana Delaney's minor, minor role, even the minor lines that she has, I, I chuckled a lot at the, the different lines that she had and the way that she, she delivered them and in, in the small opportunities that she had and, uh, and, and, you know, her constantly putting Clark down and mocking mocking him even behind his back talking about how he's missing out on the story and it's his loss <laughs> and uh, you know even in a very small role she gets to you know Dana Delaney shines through a big surprise but uh, yeah I think it was a it's a very strong episode as far as the vocal cast is concerned and uh, certainly uh, all of the uh, the comments that we had our, our actors are deserving of the, uh, the accolades. Yes, and as you mentioned, uh, I think earlier in plot, we do get the the homage to the classic uh, Superman from the from the old radio serials and the and the Fleischer cartoons. The look up in the sky uh, from from Dana Delaney, which to which David Kaufman's Jimmy Olsen answers, "It's a bird." And then we look up and we see a bird. <laughs> so very, it's very funny, and the way it's delivered is is great by both of them. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap up the episode. So that means it's time to tally up our scores and uh, tallying everything up at the end of our episode today. I end up with a actually pretty strong, especially strong compared to what I would have guessed based on how many times <laughs> I've seen this episode. Just goes to prove to you that uh, sometimes personal feelings will be set aside to give uh, give our accurate scores here. But I ended up with a 33 out of 40. What about you? Yeah, and I'm just a couple ticks lower at a 31 out of 40. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know that I would have expected this to, uh, to, to rank th even this highly. Obviously, this doesn't quite make it into our, our top pick section, um, but uh, still, uh, definitely, I think a better score than I would have expected either of us to give it coming in. 
Absolutely. Which I guess leads to the conversation of what about the rewatchability for this? Uh, as you mentioned, obviously this is a sequel. <laughs> this is a sequel to an mm-hmm. episode that already happened. We know that Luminous does play a, a bigger role in the DCAU. He does return at some point in the Justice League. So this isn't the last time we see him. So uh, I, I feel like that that means, uh, yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a must watch. I'd say this is two thumbs up for a, for a must watch, <laughs> according to me. Yeah, another thing I wouldn't necessarily have expected to say, but yeah, I think I think uh, not only is it a a pretty good solid episode of Superman, but it also uh, you know it's a fun adventure and a sequel to a previous episode, as you said. But yeah, this character does pop back up in uh, in future shows, so yeah, absolutely. I think this is this is definitely gets uh, gets two thumbs up for rewatchability. Absolutely. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap us up for this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, if it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Both of those will allow you to leave a five-star review for us. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, Also, if you can leave a little blurb on your favorite podcast app, also, that would be great. Let people know what you like about us. And by the way, if you do that on Apple and you've done it before, you can do it again. They let you do it multiple times. So uh, if you've done it before, thank you. And you're feeling generous and you want to support us, uh, leave another comment and let people know what you're enjoying about it. Liam, I looked on one of those websites that ranks us this week, and I just, just like to give a shout out to uh to the the country of turkey where we apparently are number 42 in the uh all all of the podcasts uh of, of tv and uh and man i i just have so many people to thank for for us <laughs> so high in the country of turkey so uh thank you all of you the turks out there the turkish and uh for for supporting us and continuing to listen to the podcast but if you'd like to support us in additional ways uh you can of course uh follow us on our social media you can head over to twitter at dcau review or instagram at dcau review and follow us there you can of course also as mentioned earlier in the pod check out youtube.com slash the pod tower as where you can find our entirety of our catalog uh, including bonus episodes and uh, all future episodes in video form uh, even if you don't listen to us on there if you subscribe to us and like the like the like the videos we put up that helps us a lot we appreciate that not only does it help us it helps our friends over at tim talk and the watchtower database as well they're adding content to the channel on a weekly basis as well so you don't want to miss that you can also support us if you want to support us monetarily there's a link at the bottom of in the show notes here uh, to support us or you can uh, head on over to our store dcaureview.com click on the store tab and uh, pick yourself up a, a piece of merch liam that's enough for the plugs for this week we will talk about as we already mentioned at the top of the show we are dealing with the Man of Steel this month, so that means uh, we'll be back in Metropolis again next week with another episode. That is right, and we are uh, the somewhat out-of-order way we have reviewed them notwithstanding. We are c- completing the Metallo uh, quadrilogy of <laughs> Superman the Animated Series appearances. Of course, he would pop up later on in uh, JLU episodes that we'll get to down the line. But yes, we are in fact talking about it. It's time. Can only run for so long. It's time. It's time. Is that a pun? That's a pun, I think, right? It could be. be. Because in fact, we are talking about everyone's favorite episode of this, of, uh, of the final season of Superman, the animated series. That, of course, being Superman's Pal, a very Jimmy Olsen centric episode featuring, of course, the origins of the famous uh, signal watch which uh, superman gives to jimmy and uh, of course also based on the the classic uh, superman's pal comic book that, uh, that ran for many years in the, in the 50s and 60s so we will uh, i don't think we'll have trouble filling up uh, an hour or so of your time next week talking about superman's pal we can say that for sure <laughs> and all that that implies <laughs> that's right but until next time i'm cal and i'm liam And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCA. Adios.